What is up everybody and welcome to episode 5 of Two Times the Grind. We're uh, halfway to double digits. We page. are. Halfway. Um, five episodes. It's gone by very, very quickly and uh, we appreciate so much the love and support that you guys show on the podcast and honestly, like it really keeps us going the motivation's there like we love hearing what you guys have to think after the podcast and hearing your opinions um it's really cool so keep it coming folks uh, anyway episode five brings mm -hmm. us to talk about of course the call of duty league yet again because we have had our groups chosen for stage two that's right and we're going to discuss it we're going to kick things off today as usual discussing call of duty league but before we do we got to do our ceremony of the bean, which is <laughs> kindly sent to us by Odin. Uh, Odin, absolute G. Thank my, you so much. My for Apex us teammate. In. Shout out, Odin. Teammate for Apex. Love that. Um, okay. I might mess this up, but Anodine Coffee. Anodine. A-N-O-D-Y-N-E. Anodine. Is that how everyone else would say it? Anodine Coffee. Roasting Co. This is capable of soothing or eliminating pain. It's also relaxing and it's a medicine that relieves pain, which is what anodine. Oh, oh, I see. <laughs> That's what anodine means. Yeah. Got you. So this, is, this isn't capable of, 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 I was like, whoa. I was like, isn't that all coffee? Yeah. Capable of relieving pain? The pain of waking up in the morning. Genuinely serious. Um, but beautiful packaging. It, yeah, it's it a is. whole bean. It smells absolutely delicious. I'm going to see if there's anything here. So it's from the region. Oh, I don't know how to say that. Acer. Huh? Where? I'm not oh, sure what region no it is. Check out in the description, folks. Yeah. Um, but it's a high altitude, 1,200 to 1,600 altitude. Um, that's from Katura. And uh doesn't say too much. It is organic. Love a bit of organic. Um, doesn't have, it doesn't, doesn't say have too a lot much. Of, no, it doesn't have an insane amount of info Tells on it. Tells you how to make it, though. That's yeah. cool. I like that. Tells you how to make it. Uh, do you want to give it a sip? Yeah. Let's give it Let's a go. Give, give it a little try. We'll give a rating at the end, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. I like it. That is strong, isn't yeah. it? That's very strong. Mm -hmm. That'll put some hairs in your chest. I like it. It's it's nice. It I we we were actually having this with cream and sugar, um, just a little bit, the just tiniest, to cut the tiniest bit, cut the uh, strength of it just a little bit more. I like a strong coffee. Yeah. This, this is yummy. Yeah. It's also the color of an espresso. What you'd imagine an espresso. It's very dark. I like yeah. it. It's probably my favorite one so far. Is it your favorite yeah. one so far? Oh. I, the hard part is now though. I don't know what I rated the other ones. So I say, I, I say, I think it's one like an eight, eight. right? Yeah. Okay. So not bad. No. We'll have to see. You have to step. If it's your favorite one. Yeah. We'll have to see. Step up that. I'm going to see. Game. I'm going to see how I feel. Okay. We'll step the up the end. rating. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, let's get into uh, talk about the Call of Duty League groups. Uh, obviously, for folks who are brand new to Call of Duty League, there's two groups. Uh, we're in stage two, so we've already had stage one. We've had our major, Atlanta Phase 1 that. Uh, and stage two, they do choose the groups in the same format as stage one. It's a snake format. And basically, the top two seeded teams get to choose first uh, who they want to see in the groups. So it's kind of it goes by seeding in terms of who gets to choose what. And then obviously, the last seed doesn't get to choose at all. Yeah. They just see where they London, end up. London was just like sat there, <laughs> yeah. wasn't he? It was yeah. um, Zach. Z Zach, yeah. yeah. He was just like <laughs> sat there like waiting for everything. And then he's like, okay, that's <laughs> our group. <laughs> um, hey, look, it happens. It happens. Let's see if they can redeem themselves yeah. in stage two. We'll, we'll find they out. Did they did solid yeah. in the major. Yeah, they like, did you know, actually. Given the situation that they were in of not being able to use zero and Parasite yeah. comes in and then um, Alex 
ends up not being able to play in the, ma- the major. Mm-hmm. He had a family emergency and he family had to go emergency. home. Um, and they obviously used uh, Zed, right? Yeah, Zed. Zed. Gamer tag mm-hmm. Zed. I know Mrs. First Name. Zach, yeah. Um, but they did pretty, they did solid. So I'm excited yeah. to see stage two where they take it. Yeah, I am. Um, it, it's it's quite interesting. London, I feel like I've gone got like so many game five. Yeah, a couple records, a couple game five, seven. Well, there. recently, I think it's mm-hmm. more recently than not, and it's just like it must be so frustrating for them because obviously that they're at the bottom of the pack at the moment, but then they can't. They're they one just game can't away. Quite get the win. Yeah, it's like know? one game away from yeah getting that dub. Hey, look, stage two is the new leaf, sure. new page in the book of Call of Duty. Absolutely. Um, let's talk about Group A first. So our top two teams, Group A, mm-hmm. obviously Atlanta Faze being one of them. Yeah. Um, we, we're not going to really talk too much about the top teams from both groups talk just because so we have last last uh, mm-hmm. episode. So we'll, we'll kind of go for the underdog stories uh, of all of these groups. So Faze, New York subliners, obviously our top two uh two teams in this group but the underdogs for this group Peach, what what would you be saying for the underdogs well lag obviously being in there for group a yeah i think they showed a lot through the major and even through league play um league matches i thought they did great mm-hmm. um solid all around upset la you know the la thieves i think la thieves are an underdog for this stage too but also i think they have a lot to prove Um, You and I were kind of talking about it a little bit. LA Thieves is a little bit concerning to me because I think it was like episode two. I was like, they're going to go 4-0. Yeah. I think that they can beat Dallas. And then Mm -hmm. really ever since then, like I was really kind of hyping them up like, oh man, I think they're really solid here. And then they lose to um, Empire 3-0. Actually, I have... um I have their journey here. Yeah. I wrote it down. Loose so Empire 3-0. They beat, so first of all, this is how their journey went. Mm-hmm. So they beat Rocker and NYSL in the opening weekend. They then go on to beat London and Surge uh, at Super Week. And then they lost Empire 3-0 yeah. at the end when everyone was hoping was for hoping. that 5-0 clean, like, clean sweep that they had. Or just like a close yeah, series. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then in their first major, LAG beat them 3-0 yeah. right at the beginning. Big upset. And then they beat Ultra 3-0. Yeah. And, but then they lose to Optic 3-1. to So it's been a bit of a back yeah. and forth for them, hasn't it? I, you know, I think that what we saw was almost like a little bit of a pretend record. And I hate to be harsh on that, but I actually think we were looking at them going 4-0 and you're like, man, this is like a really good team. Yeah. But they beat Rocker, which is impressive. Rocker is really solid. They obviously go on to beat Empire. And then they beat NYSL. And when you look at NYSL now, you're like, oh, that's really impressive. They beat them. But NYSL obviously was having their own dilemma with roster changes and stuff like that. Yeah. So opening weekend, NYSL is a whole different New York than the major. Yeah. Right? Um, and I don't know. I don't know if like the loss to Empire maybe hurt the egos a little bit or what. But I think this is a big stage too because they have history from last year. Mm-hmm. Obviously, like the core three. And it's like, at what point, if they have a bad stage two, where they don't make it, let's say top four, because they should be like a top four so or like five if, team. For example, if they don't make the winner's bracket, the yeah. next major. Not necessarily a winner's bracket. They can have a lose bracket run. Um, but like, say they just don't get top four. Mm. It's like, at what point is like, okay, this just isn't working. Yeah. You know? Why do you already, can you already see cracks in that armor, do you think? It's early. It, like in terms of like, do you feel like they need to change? I think that. If they have a bad stage too, yeah, I do. Yeah. Because do you but, have someone in mind already? No, it uh, it's so difficult with roster changes now because of the league format. Yeah. It, it's not you can't just go and grab X player from best team and put them on this team. 
Um, so I'd really have to think of like free agents and it depends on what role and stuff like that. I'm not going to be super quick to be like, they need to make a change. Mm. They had a solid stage one, better start than last year. Yeah. Right. Um, but if they have a bad stage two, these are all top guys that want to be in the top four no matter what. Mm. So it'll be interesting. And also, you know, you know this better than anyone because how much do you keep up with it? You probably keep up with it more than me, obviously, since yeah. it's your job. Um, but with the meta changes, it's like how quick are they to now adapt to the meta change? Yeah, you know, absolutely. There's so much that's changing. It's always constantly changing. Um, and, and I think that's part of the job, isn't it? Really, yeah. as, a, as a Call of Duty pro player, like you've got to you've got to be good at adapting to your surroundings and what's going on around you. I actually like that about Call of Duty. Yeah, do you? Yeah, because I like that like FaZe can win the first major and then like you head into stage two and there's a, a different change. The only thing that I critique with that is that we're in this new meta now for stage two. I hope it kind of stays that meta for all of stage two. You know yeah. what I mean? Rather than like a random update or GA yeah. or something like that, that then like shifts it again. Cause I think that was a problem that people had in MW was like random updates mm -hmm. or random GAs, like just moments before tournaments. And it's like, okay, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's uh can be hard to keep up with but i think if you're also just like if that's the life that you've been living yeah, in terms of your game it. so you're used to it what do you think of thieves stage two obviously lag the underdog for us because they came out to play in the major yeah um actually do you know what uh i want to see who they're playing so i want to have a look at the schedule um yeah so so first game is going to be ultra which is quite interesting yeah because i feel like you know, when we were discussing this before as well, Ultra is also one of your underdogs of this group. Yeah. So it's interesting that LA Thieves, who really need to try and cement their dominance in this group alongside Atlanta and New York, and probably, I would even say, they probably want to overtake New York's yeah, dominance. They, they want to be a top they, two team. They know that they probably can't do that with FaZe right now, but mm -hmm. I think that they want to be up there with, with you know, NYSL and overtake they, they them. They should be. And I think this is quite a big challenge against mm -hmm. Ultra for them. So what what do you make of this ultra team? Because um, well, some so, dramas. Yeah, hit our I mean, screens. do you want to talk about it yeah. now? Yeah, so, let's, let's talk about it now. Yeah, because so obviously methods. Obviously methods ends up getting benched. Uh, he put out a tweet. I'll paraphrase it, but yeah. you know, just wanted to say it before everyone else. Um, I've been benched by the Toronto Ultra. He said something along the lines of like, "I'm not really sh sure what to say or do because I feel like this is my best game in a while." Yeah. And since, I, since World War II. Since World War Two, and I don't know where yeah. to go from here. I got to be honest. I agree with him. Uh, you know, I mean, you I mean, stats don't lie. If you look at his stats and like you, you can't okay. credit stats to everything. Yeah, but I mean, but you can if the stats really come across on the they, screen. They lost four game fives. Yeah, four game fives. His hard point stats. Sorry, no, they didn't lose four game fives. They, they went, went to two game five and okay. they lost two and won two. So they yeah, fifty-fifty. And then they lost to LA Thieves. Yeah, in the end, three-zero. So right? let me just talk you through these stats yeah. because I, this is where the confusion kicks in. Mm -hmm. I just don't understand this roster change, and a lot of the times I don't really have that much of an opinion on roster changes unless I think it's heavily benefiting a team. Because usually I would just say. Let's just see how they do. You know, like, yeah. you know, there's usually whatever. There's and usually, usually kind there of a clear kind, cut. Yeah, yeah, there's usually kind of a reason behind it. This I just don't get. Methods. His overall KD in the league is 1.04. Mm -hmm. He's 13th. Okay. Hardpoint, 1.03. S&D, 1.06. And then Control, 1.07. The guy... Ha yeah. Like, falls below 20th position in the league on yep. everything. He not only does that but he's 
the main stat guy for his team. Yeah. He's good at everything. He's an overall round player. Mm -hmm. Like, how are you... And he's moved? also a playmaker. Why? Yeah. The amount and of clutches he's had not, for Toronto he, in general in the past few years. He also has a bit of an IGL in the team too. Yeah. Like, he, he's got a good head on his shoulders. I mm -hmm. feel like he takes a lot of responsibility for that team. And it's just a... Like, to me, that is like a shocking, shocking yep. change. You look at the stats and... I could understand maybe taking out Bance. And I mean no I mean no disrespect when well, I say you to Bance. His, you but you look at his stats and stuff, it's just not good. It's yeah. not great. He 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 hits a one point zero zero KD on yeah. one thing, and that's hard point. You know what the most concerning thing for me is with this whole change is first off, they don't stream their scrims. Yeah. So there's a solid chance they're having some kind of internal issue and that's what it comes down to. And sometimes the better play is to you know, maybe they're having this internal problem, replacing methods. I'll be honest, I've never heard methods having some kind of no, he's team always, issue he's before. Seems he's always to be seen the, like the fun. Yeah. Of the team, so we but we don't get that insight. Uh, yeah. But the concerning thing with the stats, he's an AR player, so I expect him to. I expect, he puts up numbers. I expect. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The concerning thing but is consistent the consistent. Yeah, and he's consistent exactly with those numbers. The concerning thing is if you look at you have it up right now. If you look at those SND stats, mm. go ahead and read what Bance and um, the other guys are all at in SND. Okay, so all of them, uh, 0.83 Bance. Yeah, so Bance 0.83. 0.99, and Kleenex is a 0.81. Yeah. And then Methods is 1.06. Right. So you don't normally, SND statistics is usually kind of like, eh, because, yeah, yeah. you know, it's it search and destroy, games, yeah. right? It's not just they about kills. They have gone to four game fives, which mm. means that, They've actually played a good amount of search and destroy. Yeah. So those stats aren't. They aren't random. No. It's not like the optic. That's taking into consideration at, at least, I mean, two games a series yeah. for the last four, mm. five even. Exactly. Games so, that they've played. Exactly. So that's ten. It's ten mm -hmm. search and destroys in in concession in that stat line. So in that, that's yeah. concerning. Right. Yeah. And some of that comes down to strategies. Some it, it's not solely on those guys that they're putting at bad numbers, but I yeah. mean, you see it. You see in their games. I think um, Bance had like an 0 and seven at one point. I forget against which team. I wish I went and looked it up, but I think yeah. he had like an 0, 0 and six, 0 and seven. Um, I don't get the change. We'll see. We don't necessarily have a con confirmation on who they're picking up. Yeah, but uh, there's definitely speculation. Yeah, but obviously that's just in terms of the subs. Yeah. obviously who's on the subs. So, but it's definitely concerning, and I think that from what I gather, you talked to them, so I'll need you to kind of tell me. Mm -hmm. But like you kind of mentioned, I feel like Methods is like the vocal one yeah. on the team. Like yeah. Kleenex does seems pretty shy overall. Yeah. Um. Cami Bance, I'd say kind of the same. Bance is Bance fairly... Is, he's been around a while, vocal. right? Yeah, so fairly he, vocal. Cami's not as much, but yeah. Bance is fairly vocal. And then who's their coach? Marky B, right? Yeah, Marky yeah. B. But I, I definitely say that, like, you know, the most vocal is Methods, but it's just not even about, like, the dynamic, because I, I don't know what their team dynamic is yeah. really like, because we no don't one get does. to see. No one does. But, I mean, I just don't get it. I just don't. Why would you take your star player... Oh. It's not just that. It's not just the star player thing because I understand if they're having some kind of internal issue with him, I get it. But whoever they bring on, they they are struggling in general in mm -hmm. the league, right? Whoever they bring on is going to have to be as much of a slayer and yeah. overall positive KD as Methods is. And I fully believe that because I know people are like, oh, stats don't lie, yada, yada. But it's like when you got your AR players minimum putting up I don't want to say minimum, but he put up a 1.03 mm. 
and yeah. hard points. Yeah. The player you bring in needs to be able to do the same. Oh, of or, course. You know, you want to try yeah. and match it as much as you can. Because I mean. you're, you're not beating Optic. We saw Toronto versus yeah, Optic if, if on checkmate get, hard point like, get 100 point clubbed. If it gets any any less than that, if it gets any worse than that mm. in terms of stats wise for this AR player coming in. They're not getting in, kills. They're not getting any kills. Exactly. They're and then, not going to open lanes. They're not going to be able to get their rotations in. and They're going to get cleaned out. You remember their match against Optic? Yes. Where the first hard point, they just 100 point clubbed. I know. Smacked around, and it's like you're taking away the guy who gets the most kills out of like that. the guy who can put the brakes on there. Yeah, it's hard. I know. Anyway, what are your opinions on this, guys? Let us know. What do you think of methods being uh, benched? Do you think it was a good decision? Uh, are we missing something that maybe everyone else is or isn't? I think we're gonna have to wait and see. Yeah, we're everyone, gonna have to wait and see. everyone's kind of shocked I'm about it because it is gonna be actually it's their home series mm -hmm. coming up too, which is even more interesting. Yeah. So yeah, we'll we'll have to wait and see what Ultra has up their sleeve for this one, but. Let's talk about Group B. Mm -hmm. So, obviously, the big dogs in Group B, Dallas and Optic, can't contest it. Yep. Just obviously what happened in the major, what's been happening all season. But then, underdogs, I'm thinking Legion for sure, but then also Mutineers. So, yeah. we can talk about both of these. Let's talk about Legion first. Okay. Okay, obviously, I feel like Paris Legion coming into this league and in in this season i feel like people weren't really taking them seriously agree i think a lot of people felt like they were a miss you know like a mismatch of uh, players that had been thrown together because it was almost like the last in the pile they, well they announced their, their roster last, last exactly yeah. so i think that's that's really kind of the thought process behind a lot of people viewing this team and how they saw them and they've really kind of come into the league on a slow burner mm -hmm. but burning nonetheless yeah. and really kind of shocked a lot of people throughout this process Process. Yeah. Okay. But looking at Group B and who they're with and who they're situated with, how do you think the beginning of their stage two might go? <sighs> we can also try and get up the, yeah. uh, the so schedule. I wouldn't even. Got first. Yeah. You can like. They got Rocker first. Okay. They got Rocker first. My concern with Paris, I was shocked to see how well they did. I was shocked. They got good. They got good players. But to to pick your roster last and not necessarily. Um, get the same star power that maybe some other people are getting, right? I was shocked and pleasantly surprised at how well they played. I'm sure everyone was because I love seeing a good matchup. I love I love that Paris can come in and beat Florida. Yeah. You know, my concern with Paris now is I think that they potentially peaked. I think that we've seen them do a couple upsets here and there and are they going to really they've break kind in? Of, like, are they, yeah, the it's like, are they... You know, are they going to be the team to go in and beat Optic? Mm. Like, uh... I don't know. Yeah. Cool thing with the meta changes, it's possible. Yeah. But... It definitely is. I think because things, like, flip around a little bit now. Yeah. People can... I mean, obviously, with Apocalypse Hardpoint coming in, too. Like, that's something new for everybody yeah. to watch competitively. It's something new to Who gain plays. strats on yeah. competitively. And it's still... Like, I think, again, that's, like, almost a fresh, fresh page for a respawn there for teams to kind of... I don't know, situate themselves and, and kind of, I think shake things up a little bit too mm -hmm. because that could be the strength and weakness of a couple of our big dogs. So yeah, they did beat, they, they beat Florida in super weak. I think my thing with Paris is like just being harsh on the fact that I just, I didn't think they did amazing in the major. Like, I, I don't know. Mm. They did good. They did solid. I mean, I think considering a lot of the impression that they had before, yeah. they did pretty good No, job. yeah. But then like they lost to um, Florida who yeah. they beat in Super Week. 
So like I when mean, it, but look at optic and oh so no oh I know I mean I, I it's just it's so the so matchups aren't yeah so flip floppy but I think like the thing with Paris was I would have really liked to see them get that big upset in the major yeah, yeah. because then I'd be like oh, okay they're well, they're for that's real the thing. that would have like that would have been the perfect story yeah. that's the thing it never happens like yeah. that does it it's like you want it to happen but, we spoke about this last yeah. time you want things to happen like in terms of what makes a good game but sometimes. You know, because you know, always. you know how I feel. I feel how like do you feel, I, I feel like it, you watch teams and league <laughs> matches and take it to game five and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, you're like my therapist. I, like, yeah. yeah, yeah. Go tell me. Talk to me. Let me tell you about the CDL. Do you want to lie down? I do. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do. I do. Um, you watch the league matches and you see them go to game five and all that, and they or not necessarily game five, but they beat Florida, and then when you get to the major, and they just you know they just kind of lose to Florida. Mm. skies goes off on them and you're kind of like eh, like yeah. same old same old like didn't really happen you know i don't know but it doesn't mean that they're not capable yeah it just so speaking of though florida oh yeah i mean mutant is exactly you know, who they fell to kind yeah. of ended their run um i think probably legion came into that with a level of confidence about them having done it before but yeah. just didn't turn out that way and it happens a lot in our league <laughs> all the time mm -hmm. um but mutineers i feel like mutineers started off with such a powerful run i feel like they were honeymooning they were honeymooning weren't they obviously having neptune on board yep. young gun coming in fresh like the new shot season town um, and hoping to make a name for himself. And, you know, really, Travis has been doing he's, a he's great been, he's, job. He's played awesome. He has been a big difference maker, but also the biggest difference maker on their team, Awakening. Yeah. Having a star player like that has been a godsend for this Mutineers roster, and I feel like that's really started to gel them together a lot mm. as well. Um, but just didn't really have, like, at some point... The stage one you stopped, wanted. didn't yeah. it? You know, it just didn't quite happen for them. So... What, what are you seeing out of this Mutineers roster coming into stage two, obviously being in group B mm. against the Dallas, against Optic, mm. um, against Paris once again? Um, what, what are you thinking there? I think that it's they, they are 100% capable of beating teams, beating every team. And they, and, they, and they showed it. They literally have showed it. They've beaten FaZe in the... Um, I always forget what that first tournament was called. Like, you know, the preseason matchup. Oh, the kickoff classic. The kickoff classic. I always yeah. forget the name of it. Um, the kickoff classic. You know, they hang in. They literally hung in there with Optic plenty. I think they won game one against Optic in their yeah. league match. Um, I think game two went like 6-4 or something like that. And then they lose 3-1. They're fully capable. I've said this before. I've Awakening is an absolute beast. He is. I would give him the super max on any, just straight up, he on any team he's on. Well. He 100%. You can't, I don't think now heading into a second year, you can deny it. Give him the super max. You don't want him to leave. You don't want him to go anywhere. <laughs> like him lock it, lock him I think in. You and him about to be best friends. After That's you fine. Saying that. That's fine. I could be his agent. Lock him in, you know? Um, cause the consistency is there for him a hundred percent. Yeah. The concerning thing for me, I feel like he's the, he's, oh, I don't, do I guess? What? <laughs> he's the methods of meeting is apart from the personality. It's just a little different. What do you mean by that? I just feel like he, He's a star player. Yeah. Methods is a star player for his team. Yeah. I think like... I would, it's a bit I, different. Yeah. I would put him even higher than Methods. Oh, no, no, no. But f in terms of their team, like, yeah. I think. No, I got you. I got you. In terms of that team. Um, Obviously. Yeah. I think a little higher. Yeah. <laughs> his little, stats are... Zinni's good, His though. stats are Zinni ridiculous. Zinni is good. There's um, only so much you can do, by the way, with a team around you as yeah. well. And that means... I know disrespect for the rest of the Ultra no. Team at all, but I do think that sometimes you, you can't just always expect 
a, an incredible player to just go on and be absolutely amazing mm -hmm. because you know they're playing against players who are all really good every single person on the team is amazing on every single yeah. team so the great the great players make you get plays. shut down very you quickly get, you if, get you shut don't, down. if you don't yeah. have the rest of the you know tools in your belt yeah. which are the rest of your teammates 100%. to help on, you do what you do but on the flip side best. on the flip side of that the great players find a way to make plays, which yeah. is what you see on Florida. You see Awakening do. You see Neptune do. Yeah. You see Methods do over on Toronto, yeah. which is the concerning thing for Toronto. Is now yeah. I feel like they're taking away like a playmaker mm -hmm. kind of. Um, no, sorry, continue. It's okay. Um, <laughs> the concerning thing for Florida, I actually think Neptune has embraced Call of Duty and oh, yeah. I, and that's not bias. I've no, I'd have no problem saying if I thought he wasn't doing good, he has done great through all of all of the league matches. The major, I thought he's done great. Um, Slacked and Skies need to play better. If if Slacked and Skies mm -hmm. play better, they can be at any team. Yeah, and we've seen stints of it with yeah, both have. of them. We have. But the consistency, especially for Skies, the consistency hasn't been there for me. Mm -hmm. And Slacked has always been a little bit more inconsistent to me. But he's yeah. also he's like he's one of those role players where he's just. He's not always going to put up great numbers, yeah. which is kind of an excuse in my book nowadays um, because you watch top teams, everyone's putting up numbers, but he, they can make it work because they have the talent around them. You know, See, I, I said this on the desk very early on in the season um, and I said it about Priester actually, mm -hmm. but it goes for a lot of players. And I think I did clarify that at the time too, but having hot and cold players on your team yeah. is so hard because when they're on they're on yep like i watch skies like just go at against it against paris yes remember he was amazing yeah. there were so many moments where i was like oh my hell high skies frying wow. everyone yeah you know um same with slacked mm -hmm. same with slacked and there's so many other players that i can literally talk about that do this too but they have hot and cold games but it's it's not just i'm not just talking about hey look you know every player can have you know not a great game average i'm talking about like poor like bad yeah. like bad 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 games and really good games like unreal games i'm talking about the absolute polar opposites and we have those hot and cold players yeah. so often in the league and it makes or breaks teams in certain points and that's the thing you can't have i say you can't have but you've got to try not to have those hot and cold days mm -hmm. in moments especially like just to the build-up of you know a major going into a major like how are you going to do? You don't know because the consistency isn't there. And yeah. I feel like what the consistent teams... How are you playing that day? Are the top ones. Yeah. FaZe being super consistent. Mm -hmm. Has been the whole time. So FaZe, Dallas, Optic. Yeah. Really consistent. Players yeah. aren't dropping huge negative bombs. No. And, I, and I think that's where the, the skill gap mm -hmm. is different. I don't think it's because... like it's, it's not that I don't think Mutineers can be a top team. They can. Yeah. If they all are on... God, that team is 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 beaten phase. Yeah. They're, they're they're up there with them. Yeah. You could say about almost every team. You Rocker can. beat you Empire. Can. And I think that's where it, I think that's where the difference is. Where when you start to and see the, the teams. Gap. Yeah, and I think that's also why we're seeing flip floppy games. I think that's why we're seeing Optic NYSL three and owing each other on a different day mm -hmm. is because of the hot and cold. Mm. That's just what happens. NYSL caught fire. Yep. Boom. Yep. Rio. Every single player on that team performing. Yeah. beautifully and having star players on different maps in a series too agreed perfect that's what you want that's what you want to do yeah but it doesn't always happen and that is why you're seeing that's why you that's why we do have power rankings mm -hmm. that's why we have top teams that's what happens <laughs> yes just, yeah, i mean the it's consistency the, the consistency for florida just hasn't been there and you're yeah. you're 100 right about what you're saying that's a big big difference in skill gap 
mm-hmm. is how consistent are you? You yeah. might you might take a team to a game five, you know, you might you might take them to a game five, you might beat them in yeah. a league match. But then when it's major time and you know the top teams are all firing on all cylinders for the most part because they're like, okay, now it's it's go time yeah. now. Are you consistent or are you coming out flat? I agree. And for the bottom teams, it's not it's not that they're not capable because no, they've shown they're capable. They are. They are all are. You, mm. Even London people. Yep. Just saying, London are more than capable too. Take Empire Game Five. Yeah, London's, exactly. London's tough because they just the roster situation for them has been so difficult. Yeah, been I feel rude. I feel it's bad for them. It's been really hard. But I mean, it'd be very interesting, right? Hypothetically, imagine if every single team for one week was super consistent yeah. like all of them were absolutely amazing they were all on point and they were doing what they all do best individually and as a team i would love to see where things fall i'd love to see who'd be at the top and who'd be at the bottom then Faze. just based on the team smarts the Faze, team planning would be at the top do you think so <laughs> yeah do you really think so yeah i think um really i think phase dallas empire all completely i, fell, I think fall, fall i on. think phase dallas and optic are the top you really don't think it would change much if every single team was on it. I think if I don't know. I look at FaZe's okay. roster. Every single player played out of their mind. Every I think I think FaZe has the strongest roster. I just had to touch that's that okay. was all it was. That's all right. <laughs> I think I gotta cut that. <laughs> I think um are you ready? I think uh FaZe oh man, I don't know. I feel like FaZe has the strongest roster, like on paper. Mm. But uh, to be fair, I don't know. Like Optics roster is incredible. Yeah. Dallas roster is incredible. I don't know. Yeah, I, I it, it would be very interesting. I, I think it would change it up a bit. But I think it would. Like so, going back to last year, like I thought FaZe's roster was incredible, but with the meta changes, they just didn't they just didn't keep up. No. Which is why, like, I don't yeah. I don't feel like with FaZe, I look at their roster and I'm like, they they're yeah. incredible. I, I, but this, this is what I think happened last year too. Yeah. Going back to the consistency thing, more teams became more consistent. More consistent. That is what happened. Yeah. And that's why I ask you hypothetically what you think that would do to the ladder because that is where that is where it happens, okay? So this is what we spoke about, I think last episode about FaZe and about what happened to them last year, the fact that it just they couldn't quite do it because yeah. Dallas was a step ahead of them yeah. at, at the end. At the end. But... I think that that is what happens through a season. This is why, for example, Rock has started falling a bit. Mm-hmm. And I know, obviously, it's difficult land to talk about online. land online. Mm. Yeah. But also consistency. And I think it plays a huge role in it. If teams start growing and learning yeah. and becoming more consistent, they start figuring things out. They start becoming more confident in their team and teammates to know when to shine, when to pull it back, when to do whatever. That's when the consistency comes in. And I think that's what happens when you get to the end of a season, you then start to see where teams are at and how consistent teams are. And then then it starts to fall back into place a bit. You've convinced me slightly. I'm going to change my answer. Okay. I I won't say FaZe is going to beat everyone in the hypothetical that, uh, you know, hypothetical. I think the top three just swap out, like swap around of who's the best that day. Because yeah. of if, if everyone's playing great, I think on paper, if everyone's playing great, I think the top three, no offense to NYSL, I'm putting, I'm saying optic in that top three what at about, the moment. What about Rocker? What would you say if every single Rocker player, because let's be honest, they have a fantastic team on paper in terms of how they work with each other. Mm-hmm. Where would you say they would lie? I don't know. <laughs> you okay? <laughs> Did it again. You all right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, reset. It's okay. Yeah. Keep it in. Um, <laughs> where would okay? So where would Rocker lie? I don't know. 
it's tough because they got a great they got a great roster mm-hmm. on paper. I just think that they they have a great roster on paper, but just something about their roster doesn't like click a hundred percent to me. Of yeah. like that's a championship team. I think they're a good team, mm. but are they going to be the most winning team in CDL stage two? Probably not. Yeah. You know, and even yeah. if they, even if in the hypothetical that everyone's playing, every single player is playing their best Call of Duty, I still feel like Optic, yeah. Dallas, and Phase are steps above NYSL. Right. Getting there. I, I do you know I, I I do agree with you. I do think NYSL could be nasty. Mm-hmm. I've seen. They're just they young. Do. They're, they're young. good. They're yeah. really good. They're and they've just also young. got a great teacher. Yeah. Just saying, in terms of like, in because ter- I'm not saying that they need teaching about. No, the game, they do. But like in terms of just how they carry themselves yeah. in competitiveness, I no. think Clay is fantastic. They, they to do. That. It's the same. It's the same way of like, um, Shotzi and Huke, for example. They were incredible talents. I'm, yeah. I'm going to go back to their Halo days. Yeah. They're incredible talents. They your game goes up a notch when you get to team with people who are equally as great as you. You know, for Shotzi, it was teaming with like Eco and Stellar. Yeah, his game went from here to just slightly here to here. Huke elevates he it. Elevates it when he got on a team of Snipe Down and McWin and Ola. Boom. He was yeah. a top player already, but boom. Anyone it, gets on you know. team with you, same thing. Yeah. Say, so look at it. Caught him out being too humble. Whatever. Um, quite a little interesting stat before we move on. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting that our two underdogs for Group B, Paris and mm-hmm. Mutineers both play the same team they both play minnesota rocker to start with yeah so that's really cool it's a good and measure it's a good measure mm-hmm. very good measure of like how these two teams might do coming up against each other underdog versus underdog that'd be cool we haven't seen any matches yet yeah who do you think phase can lose the second major after watching them new meta new maps are you thinking it's up all up for grabs i'm throwing this on the spot on you we didn't have this planned um i think I think it, it is up for grabs. I, I'd say the same. I, I think it is, but I also don't think... I don't think FaZe are going to slip up bad. I mm. don't think that they're going to be like falling yeah. anytime soon. I saw Sim tweet like, he loves this meta. And I'm like, Uh-oh. that's terrifying. That is terrifying. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Nah, Back to the drawing board, I, I always make my predictions for like the major based on percentages after the league matches. Like FaZe is such an easy pick of like, I think FaZe is going to win this. They went undefeated. Went yeah. undefeated, beat Optic. I think that they basically got better as the the stage one went on. I didn't expect the uh, the, the stop. Way, yeah, I yeah. didn't expect that the way that they did it against Dallas because Dallas have been really strong, really strong. Um, Not this year though. They have been this year. They have been strong. It's been okay. It's weird because it's weird seeing Dallas go toe to toe with some teams and go to the game five. So they did win it. They did win their yeah, game five. You know what? To your point, I did see Krim tweet something about. He, I don't know if, it, you know, with Krim, he's a bit of a troll on Twitter. I love Krim. Um, he's a bit of a troll on Twitter. So I don't know if it's like 100% serious. I forget who he tweeted. I think it was the Clay. You never know. <laughs> it was something that Clay of like, he doesn't know how Clay stays so pumped up through league matches. Because Clay is like, you know, Clay is like that all the time. Yeah. Um. So, so what you're saying about Dallas, maybe they're just like kind of playing to their opponent, their, their opponent's skill level. You know what I mean? Because they go game yeah. five with London. It's like, why are you going game five with London? It's like, well, yeah. maybe they're just struggling a little bit with like being pumped up for their match because they just feel like we're we're just better. Yeah, you know, there's that. There's there could be there could be all sorts of things that affect it. And again, like I said, it's just consistency. Yeah. Maybe London's just having the best game of their life. Dallas haven't expected that. Yeah. So again, maybe that they're 
they're being too chill mm-hmm. about their game and unfortunately by that get time caught off guard. yeah you get caught off guard and you have to change things up they could be trying something new mm-hmm. they could be trying to grow and get ahead of the game and they're trying something new and it hasn't quite worked i don't know it could be anything yeah. um it could be it could be personal it could you just don't know i just thought for the first at major least they, they win it they yeah one absolutely the struggles absolutely you know? for the first major this is just from what I've seen, I thought Optic was going to be the only team to be able to hang with FaZe mm. because f- strictly firepower and how each team were playing, I thought they matched up so good yeah. against each other. Yeah. When I saw Dallas was like struggling a little bit in their matches and stuff like that, when I saw their, when they ended up beating Optic, it's just like one of those matchup things. Like I just didn't think Dallas, I think that Dallas will get there to where they beat FaZe in a series. Yeah. 100%. I think they're too good not to. But for the first major, I just didn't, I think they just have some stuff to work out. Yeah, I, I, they do. They do have some stuff like to work Il, out. Like, Illy, perfect example, Illy and MW, incredible. Yeah. Literally, <laughs> yeah. Ridic- literally ridiculous. Yeah. Illy in this game. Hook. Hook in this game. In this game. Destroying everyone. But, like, you know, so I just feel like, I feel like some of those, the younger guys, Shotzi and Illy, perfect examples. I just don't think they've, like, it just hasn't, like, 100% clicked of, like, here's this ridiculous performance of like, okay, now I'm here, you yeah, know? Yeah. But no, I, I think they're going to get, get there. Yeah. hundred percent. I think they will get there. I also think it's a really great uh, platform to start on. I mean, the fact that they're there. Top two. Top two. <laughs> they get second in their major. Yes, they get stomped, but I mean, it's, they also got, still got there. Mm-hmm. Um, but if anything, I think that's taught them a lesson or two yeah. in terms in terms of what they need to do. I think that's part of the process of, of league play. Learning what you need to work on before you yeah. get to the big you part. Know the, and like, they haven't really played phase at to, all. To what you're saying too, you know what the really good thing for Dallas is? They've already been through it. Yeah. They've already gone through the we didn't win early on. It took yeah. them a couple months. Yeah, it took it them like three months to yeah. win the fir- to win their first land over in LA. Mm. And then, you know, they, they progress, they progress and progress and progress and they win champs. Yeah. So for them, I think the cool thing, they're not panicking. No, I, we're seeing a few, few similarities, aren't we, between seasons. Mm-hmm. Quite interesting. But I'm, I'm excited to, to, uh, to figure out the what's going to happen. Pick up the game too story. quick. And this season, yeah, no, this is true. Mm. They are tiny and they're terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Um, so I think. I've got a little run of show here, as PJ yeah. called it today. Love that, because that's something that we use in broadcast, that term. Um, so I'm pretty sure we have hit everything we want to talk about in terms of Call of Duty League. Yeah. Um, and now it's the part where we just talk about something that we want to talk about uh, to do with esports, to do with life. Um, and the topic today is going to be video games and esports and growing up with it. And when you figure out it's something you want to do for the rest of your life in terms of your career. Like, how do you go about it? Is it acceptable in, in our culture now? Yeah. Is it, what, what do parents think of it? Um, is it terrible? Because I feel like this is a subject that has been brought up so much. And I really feel like it's the only subject that gets brought up on mainstream media. So on television yeah. and news is the only thing that they cover is, is it bad? Is it good? you know, all this blood and gore and other things and um, staying in your room in the dark for hours and hours. And it's not quite like that. Yeah. That's not really a realistic yeah. view of what people do here. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I feel like that really is mainly the only thing that gets covered unless there's a huge prize pull in something, for example, Fortnite. Yeah. Um, and I think that's also because kids are involved in Fortnite too. So I think mainstream media likes to cover that too. 
Um, so there's a lot to unpack. Yeah. Here. Um, so first of all, I think it's a big topic. Yeah, it's a big, it is a big topic. And I think we can maybe start by talking about your experience in it, because I think yeah. this is the best way to do it. And every experience is different for everybody. So take this with a pinch of salt, but it's a bit of a story time here with Peach. So Peach, obviously pro player and have mm. been since you were very young, actually, you started playing games when you were really young, but you actually you actually started to become a pro yeah. really young. I was, so I, I turned pro when I was I was semi pro by twelve, pro by thirteen. See that is mad to me. Yeah. Um I mean Been doing at it twelve, for 12 I was up trees. <laughs> <laughs> I was gaming, yeah. but I was up trees yeah. half of the time. Um so you didn't have you didn't have good internet where you were at. It's I okay. did not have yeah. good internet at all. I actually I, I never played multiplayer. I know. I That's what I mean. Or, I never played multiplayer. I played campaigns, everything. I was, you know, RPG. You could have been a pro player. Instead Tomb of a host, Raider, you never know. PC, that is, I could have been. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know what? It, I, I want to know from you, like, when did you realize you were good? Like, uh, when did you actually realize as a kid that you were good at this? Um, was there oh, a moment? Man. I think there was a moment, but it was kind of like a buildup. So basically, I started playing when I was six years old. Um, my cousin, six. yeah, I was playing Halo. I was playing, <laughs> I was playing Halo C, <laughs> yeah. um, with my cousin and basically like all of his friends. Um, they're oh, older, they're see. older, they're older than me. Well, you have to aim a little bit to the right mm-hmm. to get it straight. Yeah. Um, good old C. I love, I love that game. It's probably one of my, it's still like one of my favorites. Um, but yeah, so I was playing with them and they were older than me. And to be honest, they were, they were better than me. Mm-hmm. Like they, I mean, I was young, so obviously, um, so it really started with me going and we'd, we'd land every week, every weekend, if not all, all week. Yeah. Like oh we would just God. like from 6 a, from 6 a.m., <laughs> from six years old yeah. on, it was like, my cousin's name is David. You heard me reference. I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to David's house. Like we're, yeah. you know, and it'd be, it'd be eight to 16 people at his house. I don't how, you know, it was insane because it was a thing. That Halo, so Halo cool. was like the game at the time. Um, it started with me just getting destroyed basically. Right. And but then, at six years old, yeah. could they tell that something was there? Like, yeah. At six, oh, yeah. you're, doing, no, you're it, managing it, to even play. It's funny because like I was so young and still keeping up with people, but I still to this day, like I'm not joking. The people I was playing with, they'd be they could be they could have been professional Halo players. And I've told them that, like straight up. Because I got progressively I got better and better, but that would have happened with them as well. But, you know, life takes you in different directions right um so i actually feel like i lucked out majorly where from such an early age i was just going as really good players yeah. and it was just like training me you know so it, that was like more for fun obviously yeah. like playing with your cousin and mm. and that kind of thing and, and keeping you know land which is wicked like back in the day yeah. land it was just that's just cool everyone to would me. bring their tvs yeah that's, like, just, you know? that's yeah. cool to me um I wish you had a picture of that, you know. Yeah. I'd I'm love sure to see a picture. Sure we'll a try picture and dig somewhere. some out and put them yeah. on the Instagram and the social media and stuff. But um, you know, it's it's interesting. How how did you then progress from kind of doing that for fun to then creating your online yeah. like friends and community where you then were like, Okay, I can compete for money. When did that click in and yeah. what age? So I got really lucky where um you obviously know my friend Michael. Um how would you explain? Shout he's out yeah, ben. he's been one of my best friends. He's like my next door neighbor. Or when I you know when I was a kid, he was kind of my next it's door neighbor. A, His grandma is my next door neighbor, yeah. and then he'd come down for slumbers. So that's how I, that's how I know him. Um, and you know somehow I really don't remember. Like I don't remember having. I remember playing nonstop, but I don't remember being like, 
I want to be a pro player. Yeah. You know? Um, but there was a, an event in 2006. And this um, is your first event? This is my first event. He convinced me and kind of convinced my parents. Like, I think they were all totally cool with it. But, like, I remember, like, I wasn't really, like, I want to go so bad. Like, it was more of him being like, hey, there's this event. Like, you know, let's go to it. Yeah. And so it was FFA. I didn't know enough people to play fours. I only played by my like yeah. with him or by myself. How old were you? Um, 11. eleven. So my first event I went to. I was eleven years old. I played in the FFA. I made it to like sixth or seventh <laughs> round. I was how, like, how old were everyone else? Would you say sixteen to wow. twenty three, twenty five? Probably <laughs> like the average age. <laughs> right. Um. So I made it to the sixth round in the FFA, which is probably like three rounds, two rounds away from pro bracket. Right. And um, I just lucked out because I did so well that I think like. Both in my mind and in my parents' minds, it was like, okay, I'm not like just, this isn't like just some hobby. It's like, I'm clearly doing something right. I'm good. Um, I also got, I got to give credit to like people at the event. Um, People, my dad went with me and people were like going up to him being like, is that your son? Like, is that your son? And he'd be like, yeah. And they'd be like, he's so good. Oh my, oh my God. And like, I think like yeah. something like that probably back then went a long way, you yeah. know, cause I remember my friend's it's all mom. It's blood and mouth, wasn't it? Back yeah. Then? Cause you didn't have an online persona back then. You didn't, you, you just were literally known by your gamer tag. And when you showed up to the event, basically. Um, but I remember like my, my friend's mom, uh, Michael, Michael's mom, we stayed at his house and it was the day before the tournament. And she was like, you know, she thought it was like the silliest thing. She was like, I can't believe you guys think, you know, I can't believe you guys think you're going to go and, and beat these guys that are playing for mo- like that have been playing for money and make a living off of it and yada, yada, yada. And then um, <laughs> we go the first day on Friday and I, you know, I make it far enough to where I got to go back Saturday. My- Michael, no offense to him, Mike, if you're watching, like he, he knew he wasn't going to do good. I think he got like first, <laughs> maybe second round. Okay. Um, and, but we go back to their house on Friday and, you know, she was like, oh, how'd it go? And she was like amazed when we yeah. were like, Mike was like, Oh, PJ, PJ's got to go back tomorrow. Like he's still playing. And she was like, what? You know, like, yeah, that's kind of cool that she, she understood that, yeah. like how that works. Mm-hmm. And the fact that these people, you know, play for money yeah. and that that's something it was that, on T- it was on TV at the time. Was it? Yeah. It was oh, on what? a USA network. I think it was at wow. least unless it was like a little bit after, but that's it like, it was becoming mainstream before mainstream, yeah. you know, and at the time, who were like the big pros to watch over two while she like final boss Carmen yeah. were the top two. No one touched them and basically. Did you, when you were at that event, had you kind of got into that world of like knowing who these people were and like looking up to them or was that to come? That was to come. Okay. I, I really, I heard of names. It was hard to watch. Like you couldn't, you couldn't there, really there was really nothing to, yeah. there, there was a broadcast on like the MLG website. There wasn't Twitch. There wasn't YouTube that, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just, you had to know when the event was and that's how you caught it. And, you know, you could go back, they'd try to put up VODs of like yeah. people's gameplays, but like, it's not really like, you know, just it's, different it's just different dynamic than watching yeah. like a live event, you know? Yeah. Um, so I knew who they were for sure, but it was more like the first event was just straight, hardly knew anything, Yeah. heard of MLG and like, you know, it was kind of like the saying like, oh, you know, you want to be an MLG pro, yeah. but like, I didn't know what that was. What happened on Saturday when you went back? I made it, I won a couple rounds and then I got knocked out. I ended up in a lobby with like pretty much, I'd have to see it to like remember all the names, right. but I remember like a lot of pro players being in it, like um, Defy, Fear Itself, Hysteria, like guys who 
became like household names for Halo for quite a while um, because that's how far I made it. Like, you know, obviously playing against good people. Okay. So from that journey on, Mm -hmm. what kind of happened? How was the transition to you then doing that first ever event? Did you suddenly, did you suddenly just kind of snap into and like, I loved that? Yeah. I want to keep doing that. Yeah. It was one of the coolest experiences. Like, you know, I just love the game and being able to keep making it further and further i was like it was such a cool feeling yeah um yeah i just wanted to keep doing it i tried to go to a uh, event in 2007 you know i couldn't travel i just went to events in yeah. new jersey and new york yeah um so my parents took me to the 07 meadowlands event i don't even tell people i went to it because it's gonna sound like an excuse but keep in mind i'm like 12 yeah right so I have a 44 team this time. I'm pumped. Oh, is this I'm, your first time? 44? My first time 44. Right? So I'm pumped. I had a pretty solid team. Like I'm like. <laughs> Do you remember oh. who you had? Nah. At 12? It, I remember. I'll say the story. Because you have a, an excellent. He is an yeah. unbelievable I know, memory I know, when it comes to this. Um, Usually, this is. I know the. Back, I know though. two of the names. Uh, one guy's name was like Ben the V or something like that. Right. And then the other guy's name. I'll tell you in a second, I don't like him because he, <laughs> I don't know whether it's true or not. Basically what ends up happening, we have this team go to the event. My teammate doesn't show up. <gasps> he doesn't yeah, show up. Yeah. He said oh, he, no. I don't know. And look back then, like you have no way of knowing. He says he's but Canadian. you and Ben V he's, were very annoyed. <laughs> and someone else. I don't know. I forget, <laughs> I forget who our other teammate was. Um, but yeah, so we had to pick up someone. Random at the event? Random at the event. Oh my gosh. And we, well, yeah. like an FFA player? Or? Yeah, like people would be there and they Someone's wouldn't have teams down. and you just kind of right. grab someone. The guy, his name was Ghost. He was really good, funny enough. I was like, the you, Ghost? No, no, no. no. <laughs> it was just some random guy named Ghost. Yeah. He was actually really good. Um, he said he couldn't, he lived in Canada and so they like wouldn't let him into the US. Oh. I don't know if that's, you know, who knows. But, but he was at the event though? No, he didn't go, he just didn't show up. His name was Ghost. He oh, didn't show the guy up. Yeah, the guy Ghost. didn't show up. Okay. Um, I think we made it to like the third round, third, fourth and round of the could, 44. he couldn't contact you or anything? Mm. you didn't have phones? He contacted someone because we knew by like Saturday. Yeah. So he talked to someone on the team. I don't even right. know. I had a cell phone at that point. I really have yeah. no idea. You know, yeah. I don't know. Um, so who did you pick up? I, can rem- I can't remember. I can't remember who no, picked up. But I, I don't tell. Do yeah, good. well, we didn't do, I wouldn't say we did terrible for like not having any practice and stuff. I think we got third or fourth round. Do you remember your team name? No. no, but I didn't do good in the FFA and the re- I fully believe the reason I didn't do good in the FFA is because I was so mad and oh, like okay. I was like mad and like embarrassed because oh. my parents were there and it was just such a like a like welcome to esports, you yeah. know, like yeah. it was just such like a I don't know the word like discouraging. Yeah, discouraging. You know, like you're trying sure. to make it, you're trying to show how good you are and yeah. everything. And luckily, like I, I love did... how you're having all these feelings at 12 years old. Oh, I was well. so mad. I could have fought <laughs> him. I really could have. I was so mad. Oh my gosh. That... Oh, you practice, so, you know. So I'm guessing you got knocked out pretty early from four. Yeah. Yeah. How how far did you make it? Do you remember? Third, fourth round, Third, fourth something round. like that. Okay, not terrible. Not like first yeah. round. Yeah. My next event was 2008. 2008. And I, that's so when a I year went later. Like a year later, because I could only go to the New York, um, so New Jersey 13. events. Yeah, I was like 13. Okay. And or like maybe still 12, like turning 13, kind yeah. of. Um, and I made semi pro. Got top 32. It was a big deal back then. Yeah. You know, if you it was pro, semi pro. What was the lead up like for that with you? Like, how did you? So in that within that year, what was what were you doing? In order to prepare for so, something like so that. So Halo 3 came out because there was no more Halo 2. It was Halo yeah. 3. I somehow ended up on a team with people I'm still friends with. Um, one guy's name's Thrust. You probably remember him. I was yeah. Probably, you've yeah. seen You've met him now. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how we... I think we just kind of like met through matchmaking right. kind of thing. 
you know i really don't yeah. like for the life of me that's how so, it happened back then yeah back it? then it was kind of like you're, well, you're it, a high level good, i'm a high level like, hey, he's good. you seem pretty good yeah. or you'd like be scrimming with your teammates and maybe you play against their team and you're like oh he's he's pretty, he's good. pretty good yeah and you just yeah. kind of like start to mix mix in that's that, got semi pro cool. and then a year later got pro that's really good yeah and same team from semi-pro no. to pro no, or different no, no, no. how 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 um so how does that work because i've got a, f- a few following questions mm-hmm. based on this story this is why we're talking we're talking about the story first so then we can Understand. nitpick on yeah. how this works and like why it's so good and etc all bad um so how how did you back then so from 13 to 14 to probably 15 yeah. around then how did you get on different teams like how i know you said matchmaking stuff but like you got to pick up three. Yeah. So how does that work? I think you just like, once you get like semi-pro, you just kind of start to know people that place around the same right. as you. And you just kind of start to like mix in, you know, like I remember, um, I was, dude, it's funny enough. I was literally just talking to APG about this. I've known APG since 2008. Wow. So when I turned semi-pro, a little quick story, when I turned semi-pro, APG was a really hyped up player. He was the same age as me, but yeah. people knew him as a really good FFA player back yeah. in H2. No one knew who I was. Yeah. APG messaged me. It was after the first event of 2008. I get top 32. He didn't get. He didn't make semi-pro, so he was like pretty mad yeah. at himself. He messaged me and said, I knew who he was because I've heard of him. I didn't know how old he was, but he messaged me. He's like, do you think you're good now? Or something like that. This is the first time I've ever <laughs> talked to him. He messaged me like, do you think you're good now? Gosh. and you know why we became friends because why? i replied back i said no i said top, i said no like period top 32 isn't good yeah. and then he was like i like this kid you know <laughs> he was like he's like me i like him and um we started we tried the team for the next event and yeah. he ended up bailing on the event he because bailed? yeah it, it was not a, another it was, ghost it wasn't it wasn't it was like a bail but he it was a last event. minute bail yeah it was a oh, last minute no. bail Brad. but you know the event the event was in california he's 13 <laughs> like me and you he's know so young. he literally he was pretty aware kind of like i was like no offense to the guys we were teaming with i won't say names but he messaged me when he told us and he was like hey um i really like teaming with you i think you're really good he goes but i just don't think we're gonna do good enough to justify going kind of thing but so this was before and i was you like went, right yeah, this okay. is like, yeah. You're not there and you're no, like, no, no, oh, no. great. No. So we had a couple, we had like a week practice with someone else. Okay. But I remember replying back and like, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I understand, so you bro. Understood. Yeah. Because yeah. it's a long trip. California back then, especially, it's a yeah, six hour flight. Definitely. I mean, geez. So you were traveling yeah. as well to go. We got top 32. My, my parents were like, okay, you know, if you want to do this, like we're going to, we're going to yeah. try. And, you know, they tried their hardest with it. I went to two more events and then um, decided to take a break. For a little bit okay so yeah. before we get into the rest of it do you remember the moment that you made pro yeah i do what happened um so i was teaming with dursky obviously you know yep. really well mm-hmm. um sean. sean my boy uh we teamed a couple times in the in the next couple of years after that yeah um it was myself um ferris you know scott he's messaged yeah. me a couple of times yeah. you know scott yeah. and uh loki his name is curtis you i don't think you've ever nice name though yeah. i like the name loki, loki is good. cool um yeah i remember it we played against a team they're called north of 49 they're pretty like known players right but we actually got to land against them okay right before the tournament and oh. we slapped where, where were you landing in new jersey in new jersey yeah in, in, where um it was, a, it was a place called like nerd palace or something like that <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> his name his name is Slob Murph. He ran like a, it's like a land center kind That's of thing, so and he's cool. really nice. He let us him and his I think it was I think we were at his parents' house. I assume that is cool. He would they'd let us stay at their house, so it'd be oh, like wow. you know one team upstairs, yeah, and two teams downstairs. Did you, kind did, of you thing. did you ever like? like become friends like when you're doing this like yeah, I, I went there other. i went there like twice with, with the players or yeah, yeah. i mean Even we're oppositions yeah. yeah we're yeah. cool because i mean you're there for a couple of days yeah. and hanging out and yeah. everything um but so, yeah we slapped everyone so you slapped, at the land. you slapped them at the land mm-hmm. and then it was the real deal yeah and where was where was that uh, event where you did become pro dallas 2009 that was 2009 they did take us through game five which we should not have gone to game five i think we were a little bit nervous and so this was the this was the game where you're on the cusp of being pro so you have to mm-hmm. win this game for your entire team to, to get top pro 16. and get into the pro bracket yep. right okay and do you remember the moment you won is that the most emotion you've ever had no i thought it was terrible you, what because yeah. you went to game five we went to game i was pissed so you weren't happy that you no, made to pro? it was so it, like i wish i wish like i told you before <laughs> i wish i could be happy but it was like we went to game five with a team we shouldn't have gone yeah. to game five with we staked them we destroyed them game that. five but i was like I remember just, I like, I was happy because we were heading into Sunday, but I remember being like, yeah, like, you know, why? So you got to pro for the first ever time and you were mad. Yeah. Because like, like, why? I think, you know, know it's so funny hearing that from you because I feel like that has really set a foundation of your career. Yeah. And I think that is why you do so well because you are a perfectionist. You really are. When it comes to this kind of thing, he's not a perfectionist in every other aspect of his life. For example, like you're, he's a pretty chill guy. Like I know you very well. I'm chill outside. And you're very chill. But when it comes to something like gaming, you're a perfectionist. And I think that's why you excel so much because like even though you had open this whole new world you're you're now pro yeah you this is probably what most kids dream of Mm. but you were mad because you didn't do as good as you had expected in that one game despite getting that that level of satisfaction of becoming pro we just shouldn't have gone to game five with them like we knew (laughs) we literally like we probably dropped like three maps in a whole land like you probably play like 50 maps against them consistency and and we go to game five and i'm just like yeah oh my god it's disgusting that's that's hilarious yeah um so i guess like that's really good yeah that's really good um do you think that you obviously having that mindset of being a perfectionist Mm -hmm. in this one field yeah do you think that is what has carried your career so far um do you think that mentality has really helped aid you in in your success i think it's what i think it's probably what has kept me so consistent because I feel like I'm kind of living in constant fear almost of like not being good anymore or our team like slacking off and not doing good. Um, I've got like, you know, we talked about this, I think in the first ever episode, I've gotten better over time of dialing it in a little bit more and knowing when to like chill out. Um, I think it's what's led me to where I'm at now Mm. for sure. But I just, (sighs) I wouldn't recommend it to people. Mm. It's like, you just need, you need that balance in your life. And I just, for a long time, didn't have that. Like when, you know, I've told you this a million, like a bunch of times when we won a million dollars, I was annoyed because we tied the first game. Yeah. And it's like, when I look back on it, it's like, why would you, you know, it's like, you look back on it and you're like, I regret, yeah, I I look back on it and I regret like not enjoying the moment more, you know, but my mind, I was like, man, like we were so much better than that team at Worlds, and it's like why? Like why do we tie that first game? Like that just sucks. <laughs> and then like, right? I told you this before. We they immediately 
after we won Worlds, announced Pro League. Yeah. And my mind immediately went straight to, to yeah, just straight yeah. to like, okay, it well, now we're going to do that. It is that perfectionist mentality yeah. that you have, that it's like, but I think it does aid in your success. Yeah. But I think a lot of people can like confuse that with not being happy. But yeah. you are. It's just that you want perfection. Yeah. So it's, it I think is it's, what it is. I think it's a good thing. Yeah. Overall. I think it is. I think it's a good thing. And I think I've you got, don't carry that into the rest of your life. No, I was going to say, but I think I've gotten better at not letting it carry yeah. into the rest of my life. Now it's kind of like, yeah, it's in my mind constantly when it comes to gaming, but then I am I just love my life outside of gaming now, yeah. where before it was kind of all that was on my mind. So with your story of how mm-hmm. you got started, obviously at such a young age, I think that comes into play with parents and yeah. how they kind of view esports and stuff. Because Massively. I feel like... You are very lucky that your parents are extremely understanding and and caring when it comes to doing something that you love. Yeah. And I also think back then there was a lack of understanding. You know, this is this is brand new to a lot of people and your parents like being so willing to learn about it and then they fall in love with it as well. Um, It's pretty spectacular. And and I think you're very lucky um, in that sense. So, you know, how far do you truly think you would have got? without your parents support like that i just don't think it would have happened you know my parents um you know i kind of said it jokingly but shout out mom and dad you know um i was 12 12 and 13 and i was flying to california and florida and texas and and they really and they they, journey with you yeah like you know i would put any kind of money i ever got i'd give to them yeah and let's let's do this but uh, looking back on it i mean you know how much birthday money was i really getting was it really enough to pay for a flight and hotel no no yeah. it wasn't yeah. you know and eventually yeah. i got pro to where i'd get like a 300 400 stipend and it's like that yeah. helped a little bit but still like probably still didn't even cover, cover it. it so um i think it just played a massive factor into it um I don't think I, you know, I just don't think it would have happened without yeah. them. And I think one of the things that they did so great, it drives me crazy now a little bit. But, you know, one day, you know, whenever we have kids or anything, it's something that I'm going to. One thing I learned from them that I will use for future kids that we have is like embrace their hobbies and like make it like your hobby yeah and it drives me crazy with my parents because you know we can lose an event now my dad will message me like what happened and it's like oh my god you know but they really embraced what i loved and like made it something that they're like we're gonna be about this too and i think i think um it's important to talk about how you know there are there are pros and cons to this lifestyle like gaming esports as there are with everything hmm. and uh, and i think that there's a lot of a kind of issue around gaming and about what it does for someone's lifestyle social life um education yeah everything you know and i think there's a lot of negative light that is shed on it sometimes especially in the mainstream media and i think that a lot of it is wrong i think yeah. a lot of it doesn't doesn't happen um you know life in life you need to balance with everything mm-hmm. that could be with football that could be with uh soccer that could be with a Whoa. sport did you say football is in like american football yeah, did, and then yeah. say soccer yeah i did i did good there your parents um, are gonna be mad be furious yeah. they're like what <laughs> what is this um <laughs> but you need a balance in yeah. life and i think it's really really important so if you don't have a balance yeah you know things aren't going to turn out the way you want them regardless so and that is with work as well. You're not always just working. So I think with esports and gaming, 
I don't think there's anything wrong with wanting to do that as a hobby in your own time, especially as a kid. Um, I know so many stories of, of, of people who have like social anxieties that that gaming has really helped them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've created online friends and been able to talk to people a lot more um, within reason. Mm-hmm. For example, if you do have a young kid who is talking to people online, you know, go in and see what they're doing. Yeah. See who they're talking to. Um, I remember my dad would come up to my brother's setup and he would hear my brother talking to like his friends on RuneScape yeah. um, or wherever it was at the time. And he'd pop the headset and go, hey, Danny, hey, whoever yeah. this was, how are you today? Yeah. And like he would figure out like who, what, they, actually, who they are, yeah. what they're doing, like if they're kids or not. You know, it's part of the process. You do need to have some kind of like system in place where you can kind of, depending on obviously how old your kids are, mm-hmm or adults, et cetera, depending on who's living with you, there is a level of like precautiousness that you do need to take with it. 100%. And with anything though, yeah. that could be anything. You you know, you go in, you go out into this world with some kind of risk um, and it's as your parents, it is a job that they, they take on to protect you. And I understand that. But I don't think that seeing gaming in this hugely negative light is any way to live by, especially considering nowadays yeah it is a genuine career path mm-hmm. but in so many different ways i mean you see like esports you see universities taking on esports yep. and nurturing people who want to get into that there's the broadcasting side of it yeah. there's coaching management there's orgs owning an org there's being part of an org being a content creator um there's so there, much to dive into yeah there. there's never been a better time to grow up as a kid yeah. who loves gaming because it's so solidified now. And to what you're saying about media, it's just easy to focus on. It's easy to focus on the negative. For the most part, what media focuses on with like the negative sides to video games, yeah. it's really not about, it's not, it doesn't tend to be about the professional esports player. Yeah. You know, because I don't know, it's like, you know, it, it, for example, what you're saying, like the, the no social skills. And it's like, yeah. you know, there is a difference between communicating online to communicating yeah. obviously in person. But for the most part, like when I was growing up, I was talking to people all the time because yeah. they were my teammates and I'm, we're communicating and figure solving problems. And you know, like there's some social aspects that you get through competing. Um, you know, I think the biggest thing is the balance. Like you said, balance. I had to, my parents did such a great job with me with being like, you need good grades. You know, I didn't really get in trouble as a kid. So that helped too. But yeah. the school aspect was always very much, like you need to be good at this to be able to do this mm-hmm. and i just always viewed it that way it's like okay you know yeah. i'm not gonna mess up here because i don't want this taken away obviously that's a struggle it's yeah. a struggle for and parents and kids it is a struggle but but i think there's also you got to take it with a pinch of salt you have to again with the balance like it's important to have a balance and to teach that balance yeah. and why it's important to have it um at an early age and i think i think there's so many beautiful things about gaming game you know there's a lot of games out there that have lessons yeah. in them that that really do teach you you know certain like skills in life um just by playing them mm-hmm. um you know there's looking at rpg games as well look at zelda zelda has so many different puzzle aspects to it as well that really starts to get your brain learning and it starts it you know churning in certain ways and figuring things out i mean there's so many games that have that aspect to it the puzzle kind of aspect um but I also think for a lot of kids or even adults, teenagers, whoever you are playing games and you struggle with the real world and mm-hmm. real life, it's sometimes nice to immerse yourself into something a little bit more relaxing where it isn't real 
Um, and I think that's something else to remember because blood and gore does come into this conversation yeah. a lot in terms of the negative part of it. Um, it's not real. But you turn on the news yeah. and you do see blood and gore and it is real. So I, it, it's a really hard balance, it's I think, just, with that just, as well. It's just one of those things with parenting, line. isn't it? Like yeah. just monitoring. Yeah, and you don't, you're not going to let your six-year-old kid play i think call of duty where there is a ton of blood and gore and you know it's real guns and yeah. it's an actual well, like, a history situation i was allowed to but at six but, though yeah you were but, allowed to call of duty at six? yeah but it's because i just think like i just think my parents did a really good job i don't know how they did it it's just like mm. them you know i just think they like understood me you know and like yeah. they were like he knows like i'd say What's i just i just had real? that common sense like pretty early yeah. on yeah um i think that's I all it's, know, i think it's you all know? unique to each person's situation like for me yeah. i probably when i have kids i probably won't let them play call of duty till they're a little bit older yeah. like probably till you know they get into the double digits i'm not saying like i'm gonna hold off till they're teens yeah. but like you know I, I would say like i'll assess that as the time comes mm -hmm. but i think you know like for halo for example there is no blood and there is no gore they drop like they're dolls so it's well there, there is know? back then there was like halo 5 yeah, doesn't yeah. but back then there was but it's like you know you're like shooting aliens but i mean i'm know? talking i'm talking like in this time in this era you know yeah. for them like that is the latest game yeah. that's probably the game they yeah, pick up i got you um and then in infinite i'm sure they're probably going to continue yeah. on that trend of wasn't not allowed, having the blood i wasn't allowed to play every game though like when i think back to it like i don't gta i, I, actually, ever allowed no, to like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't parents, think so i don't remember 100%. I remember there were some games, I'd have to ask my parents, but I think like, I remember my dad playing like SOCOM and stuff like that, like yeah. really like realistic. Yeah. And I don't, yeah, like I don't think I was, I, mm. I was able to like watch him play, but yeah. I never played it. And then I guess maybe it was just one of those things, like as I started to get a little bit older and yeah. understood it, maybe I was allowed to. Like I don't yeah. remember it being like. I remember my first kind of like, not gory game but gun the game that had like guns in it mm. and stuff was tomb raider okay um i can't remember the exact tomb raider it was but it was <laughs> it was really old it, it was, was yeah. so old and, and it was like you know those microsoft um pcs that are chunky yeah and they're like that kind of cream color mm -hmm. with the matching keyboard yeah. and mouse and they're just huge and they just sit on top of your desk mm -hmm. with the actual like computer itself um i played on one of those and i played tomb raider on pc yeah. with jake and jake we'd take in turns we'd sit next to each other and watch yeah um and it was the butler with the, sh <laughs> the, the shaky tray i just i remember that and i remember like the gun aspect mm. and to me it wasn't like i remember being quite young but not thinking it was violent yeah i just remember thinking it was like more like an just like an aiming type system mm. it wasn't to me it wasn't like i was killing people or killing a tiger because yeah. that's the first mission you know, you know what my dad you know? did that I think really made a difference. And I'm yeah. pretty sure if I remember correctly, he was there. Like the first time I ever played like an actual like right. violent game, he I was think with it you. was either Call of Duty or it was Medal of Honor. Do you, okay. know, do you remember Medal of Honor? Honor? Yeah. Played. And mm -hmm. he was like playing and I remember him being like, I can't remember like off the top, like a hundred percent, but I remember him, I, I was probably like, can I, can I try? Yeah. And he was like, yeah, okay. And he was, so he was sat there I played for probably like 10 minutes and then, yeah. okay now he plays again yeah. you know and I think like I just think something like that probably makes a little bit of a difference compared to like unsupervised like let me just play yeah you know what I mean absolutely I also I also just want to state that there's a lot of people I know as well um I've worked with a lot of people in this industry who have grown up with gaming stuff there's no way that like playing Call of Duty and the fact that my life right now is surrounded by Call of Duty or anything that has a gun meta makes me want to go out 
and get a gun. Like it just doesn't. Like mm-hmm. it, just, it just doesn't because it just, I don't know. They're just, there's no kind of desire to do that. And I know so many people who are like that as well. Yeah, I think the thing with video games and stuff is it, it just hits such a large scale amount of people where everyone is going to interpret things differently. Yeah. Whether it's, it's whether that's difficult. whether that's negative or difficult. positive, and then yeah. how you want to contribute, like what you want to credit negative things happening to. Yeah. You know. It's um. It is quite interesting to see that most games, and I mean most games, have some kind of violence in them. Mm-hmm. Um. Every genre. I mean, like look at Mario. You still like jump on the heads of certain things and <laughs> yeah. destroy them, don't you? There is yeah. some kind of yeah. look at Mario Kart. You still try and bomb people out of the track and like hit, it that hit way. them off. Yeah. There is in video games. There is always some type of aggressive nature or some kind of destruction in there or violence. Mm-hmm. And but it, but it's it's hard because it doesn't make me want to be violent at yeah. all. I think the only game that has zero violence at all is Animal Crossing. <laughs> I swear, I don't yeah. think there's any violence in there. I don't know. Um, I haven't played. It. I mean, Animal Crossing. But I'm. It, do you know what I mean? If you think about yeah. it that way, there you is say something. Pokemon is somewhat. I mean, yeah, you're fighting you're, you're each, fighting other, with, each you're, other. You're, you're, yeah. you're, you're catching poor innocent creatures <laughs> yeah. and making them duel. You got <laughs> a point. Yeah, I never looked at it that um, way. You got that's a point. Like, that's like cockfighting. You know, yeah. when you go and bet on a cockfight, which is two chickens, yeah. two two roosters in a ring, and you mm. make them fight, and you bet on it. Yeah. Um, it's like. <laughs> It's like the virtual version of that, but you know, it's it's become like a love of the world. You know, people globally love video games, and I, but I just don't think it is for that violent nature. I don't think that's why they love them. Yeah, I think we're progressing pretty well, though. Yeah, like I do in the too. world, I think that. I mean, I think I can speak pretty highly on it because yeah. of going back to when I've been a professional player. It's becoming more and more acceptable. Parents are really embracing it for their kids more and more. I see it across every game now. So yeah. many young kids that yeah. their parents are all about it. They're their biggest fans, and I love that. Yeah. What What about this angle? This is quite an interesting angle. Mm. What about the people out there who do have naturally a violent nature to them? Yeah. There's people in the world that do. People have anger management mm-hmm. all the time that do, and it's a natural thing. Um, and everyone gets in arguments. People do have an aggressive side, right? Yeah. That's just life. Um, what about video games suppressing that for people, helping people to get through that? Like if they're having a stressful day and they want to go and play some video games to relieve some stress and some some energy and aggression, like do you feel like that could actually aid them in that rather than going out to the streets and doing it instead? I, I, think, I think it can, but so I it's think... It's an interesting, it's, weird topic. It's, an, that, it's but. a tough topic because it's just so dependent on the person and I'm sure everyone would agree with that. Like yeah. some people, some let's say kids, right? Kids yeah. growing up some kids will be better off for that you know and playing video games is like an outlet and then other kids actually probably need to be taken slightly away from that because it almost enables it yeah so that's really it's tough you know you just you don't necessarily know 100 percent, and that's kind of on the parent and yeah people to figure out you know what where you kind of lie with that yeah it's it's very strange because when i look at call of duty with what i do mm-hmm. and from like a broadcast perspective when i talk about it that violence mm-hmm. is gone for me like there yeah, is i don't see it like no, that at yeah. all like it's really strange because when i'm talking about it it's gone like mm-hmm. that like i don't see violence at all i just see skill yeah i see like the thought process the smart i see the rotations being mm-hmm. smart i see trying to spawn kill and spawn trap but i don't see any type of aggression in it i don't and i it, i feel like 
the more we continue to accept video games for what they are and the, pa- the fact that people worldwide enjoy them, I think the more that aggression and that violent nature that people associate gaming with will disappear. Yeah. Because it, well, at ga- the end of the day, it's not about the violence. And the thing to remember too, I 100% agree with you, but the thing to remember too, games have a rating. They yeah, have a rating they for a reason, yeah. you know, and it's up to people to decide whether, you know, let's say you're talking about um, a rated M game, yeah. right? It's it's the equivalent of deciding whether or not your your kid or, you know, mm-hmm. your, your child in this sense mm-hmm. is old enough to watch uh, an R-rated movie, yeah. you know, or like, uh, you know. So that it, was actually it, my next topic. Yeah, so it's kind of, I think that the yeah. labels are there for a reason, and then it's up to people to decide yeah. what's, this, a, what's this, appropriate this what, and what isn't. This is what's really funny about it, right, is there's all this like spiel about video games and how aggressive their nature is and that they could potentially turn kids into uh you know shooters and uh, serial killers mm-hmm. and all sorts of weird things like that um but what about the movie industry yeah look at i mean one of my favorite movies ever is john wick yeah right look yeah. at jo- john wick you start falling we in love, love with we the, love john wick. fall in love with the character john wick he's a damn assassin yeah for god's sake he goes yeah. out and kills people no. and doesn't even know why he kills mm-hmm. them i mean there's all sorts of things like that that and you start you know some one of the assassins kills his dog you suddenly feel terribly sorry for john wick who's killed got countless amount of people and probably dogs i mean don't ruin john wick for me i know but what i'm saying is there is guns violence and sex drugs everywhere in the movie industry Mm. right everywhere because unfortunately it appeals to humans it appeals to people mm. of the world i don't action know why and action and craziness and things that you probably wouldn't see in your lifetime mm. um appeals to people and like it is everywhere every single film has guns and i swear most films apart from you looking at animation yeah i mean it, it it really is what it is and that is the world we live in so you're going to stop your kid watching john wick you're going to stop your kid watching gi joe yeah. are you going to stop your kid watching all sorts of little things that have this kind of aspect i mean look at ken dolls for goodness sake action figures mm. they all have guns and ammo belts and stuff like that it's it is the world we live in and i think the sooner we accept it and I feel like video games is a great channel for people to have fun and enjoy it in a positive light and not do it IRL. Yeah. That's how I see it. I mean, I see it mostly the same. It's just, it, it's just such a hard topic it overall. Is, but movies but are way more realistic. No, I, I've always thought, I've always thought the same thing of there's a lot of negative, there's a lot of like finger pointing over at video games, I feel like. And mm. I get why in some cases, but then yeah. on the other case, it's also like, well, there's a lot of other factors that go into it other than just like, you know, your kid played X game and yeah. now he's violent or like whatever, yeah. you know, he yeah. or she. And um, it's the hard part to figure out because it comes down to parenting, comes down to doctors, comes down yeah. to figuring out what's appropriate for your kid. Yeah. Um, it's each person individually yeah. and you can't decide that. And I think as a parent, I think if you see something amazing happening and evolving in your kid's life and he's really talented or she's really good at this, you should nurture it. Nurture it within your own right. If that's something you think that they are capable of doing, they'd be really good and they have found a balance and you're teaching that balance to them, I think it's okay. I think you can do that. I think they can still get a great education. It's like having a hobby, but in sports, it's it's doing something that they enjoy and that they love and they're good at. Um, So I think supporting is obviously the best case that i'm an advocate for that yeah with kids well i, I you know i said it when we first started talking about it my parents fully yeah. embracing it and supporting it I know, and they're amazing the, you know being like okay he loves this now we love it yeah you know 
within reason, especially when you're a kid. Um, but if you can make your, you know, at least how I could talk about how I felt, you know, I feel like my parents really supported me and loved me and yeah. wanted me to s- succeed. So like when they would say something to me about like being on top of my schoolwork, I never saw it as like them prioritizing one over the other. Yeah. You know, it was like they had my equal interests. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I remember <laughs> we're going to bring this to a close, but just finally, I remember them telling me that um, they found it very soothing. Like at night when he would practice with his team, when he was really <laughs> starting to like come up this in his like, career. This is like Halo 5. Yeah, he yeah. would he would practice his team like pretty late at night. They'd be in bed already and they'd find it soothing hearing the call outs and like the super like craziness of yeah. calling out on a team when you're scrimming and stuff like that. And they used to genuinely find it soothing to go to bed because from six, yeah. they were used to him doing that. So that started when I moved away. Yeah. Like, cause I obviously for a period of time, I moved to um, the optic scuff house and then I moved to uh, Texas in my own apartment with optic. Yeah. And you know, they went from, you know, my sisters kind of like moved in, moved out kind of thing. And then eventually just moved out with their husbands, obviously. And, um, they went from having me from 7 PM to let's say 1 AM, basically yeah. like screaming call outs yeah. to just <laughs> silent household. <laughs> so when they I moved away, horrible. yeah. So when I moved away, they, they started, stream on, yeah, right? there's Twitch obviously. Yeah. And they'd start watching and like, just, know. you know, that's talk funny. about support parents yeah. that's just that's just that's the ultimate um but tell you what guys we want to hear from you as well what you think about this topic it's a it's a deep topic especially the video game topic it's yeah. interesting to see because i have friends yeah. that couldn't play yeah you know and i don't i don't view it differently I, I, you know i get it yeah so it's, it's interesting um, to see like where people kind of do you guys feel that way and you know i feel like a lot of our viewers are around our same age as mm-hmm. well and if if you're older or younger that's awesome we want to hear from you guys what do you think about it would you nurture your kids you know playing video games do you know people who you know are really against it is it something that you think is a benefit to society having people play it'd be and, interesting if we have any know. parents to that like watch they yeah. can maybe give their feedback on like yeah. how if they, if they don't mind sharing obviously yeah. on like their perspective and maybe the approach yeah. that they've taken i'd love to hear yeah. that yeah definitely that's cool i love reading the comments i know me too yeah. i always read all the comments um but yeah we want to hear from you guys we love seeing what you have to say in your opinions uh because we feel like we're talking with you too so i tell you what that's going to wrap up the end of the video but we need to rate this wonderful coffee mm-hmm. Uh, Anna Din from Anna Dean, Anna Dine, Anna Din from uh, Odin. Anna Dine. Huh? I don't know. Is it Anna Dine? I'm not sure. Let's give it a rating though. So, mm. what we're we gonna say? You go first. Me first. Okay. Very strong. Yeah. It lingers as well as an aftertaste for sure. It lingers. <laughs> yeah. It is very strong for mm-hmm. me. Um, I would probably give this one. I would give this one a seven point five. Um, because I would say like, it's, it's, it, I do like a strong coffee. Yeah. I would say it's a little too strong for me. Um, but still tastes really good. Like I can still taste some really good notes mm-hmm. in there. It's very bold and it does, it does linger a lot. I would say it lingers a lot. I think that is, um, it's a very good, strong coffee. If you want to wake up, like wake, woke, you know what I mean? That's the one yeah. for you. But yeah, I'm going to give it 7.5. I'm going 8.3. Oh, it, uh, a point of hold on we're doing point threes now yeah okay 8.3 yeah okay because the highest you've given so i far. think it is and that's the reason why because mm. i like it so i'm gonna be like it needs to be the highest but mm. i'm trying to save i'm trying to save why those save? those 8.5s nine be and true tens. to yourself though exactly 
No, but you're I think being it's, true. it's an 8.3. 8.3. For me. Okay. Because it's really good. Like, I like it. Yeah, and you do you like that? I like it that it's, um, it's one of the first, like, stronger coffees. That you I've, like. And mm. that I've been like, oh, because I'm not, I like, I like a dark roast, but i don't like it when it's too strong necessarily yeah, yeah and it's funny i feel like we're kind of the opposite you like it normally a really strong coffee and i like it strong but not as strong yeah but then it's funny with this it, it's almost yeah. like reverse it's too strong for you but then for some reason True. i feel like this would like wake me up yeah and i like i'm like okay. you know people have been suggesting different ways of brewing our coffee so we I need to step up our game i think we're gonna try and uh get some of the uh you know things that you guys have recommended and brew on here so that'd be really cool yeah um, but I'll tell you what, it's been a, a great episode in, in again. Books. Super excited to uh, get this up. And we're going to be back next Wednesday as per usual for episode six. My gosh, that is crazy. Uh, but we hope you've enjoyed this episode. Leave a comment, leave a review, leave a like if you fancy and subscribe if you fancy to see our channel and what we're up to on a regular basis. And as always, stay on the grind. Oh, 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 oh,